You are listening to the Praise FM podcast with Pastor Randy Caswell, Joshua DeNoyer, and Dave Davenport. We would like to invite you to embark with us on a journey, a journey of biblical study. Through practical application of the Word of God, it is our prayer that you grow in a greater relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, today's program. You're watching the Praise FM live show. I'm Joshua DeNoyer. With me is Dave Davenport and Randy Caswell. Go ahead and grab your Bibles, open up to Romans chapter 1, and delve with us into the scripture today. Here we go. Ready, guys? Well, we're going to go into Romans chapter 1. Like I said, open your Bibles. Get in there. We're going to start with verse 16. And go and follow down. And Randy, would you like to read that for us and give us some personal insight? Yes, I definitely will do that. First of all, I'd like to say, you know how at the Super Bowl when they kick off the ball and it's like the most exciting part. And uh, the well, it's not the most exciting part, but it, it, you've been waiting for the kickoff. That's how I feel about Romans chapter one, verses 16, because this was a scripture that the Lord used in my life to encourage me to to be a testimony of Jesus. Jesus Christ. It was something uh, that made a powerful impact in my life because it was reminding me constantly of what I'm to be and how I'm to act and, how, and everything to think about. You have to understand there was a time in my life when I was extremely shy. The one of the things growing up in my life, the thing that I that I struggled with the most was with shyness. And there's a part of the shyness. It, it's where you don't feel comfortable around people. I praise the Lord that the Lord has given me victory over that. Part of that is because God wants me to do things for him and it requires me to come and die and to do his will over my will. And this is exactly what we find in verse number 16. Paul writes here, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jews and then for the Gentiles. For it is the gospel of righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith, first to last, just as it's written, the righteous will live by faith. That scripture of Romans chapter 1, verse 16, for a shy person, the first thing that jumped out to me was, I am not ashamed of the gospel. There was times that I loved Jesus, wanted to follow after him, and I wanted people to know about Jesus Christ, but I would let my shyness actually stop me from testifying and telling people about Jesus. And you know what that was? It, it was really letting fear control instead of letting faith control. And it was a part of me just letting my myself be over instead of letting God do. But what Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God. God doesn't want us to be ashamed of his gospel. Jesus actually said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you in front of my heavenly father. And that's why I want to say this scripture was so powerful because it directed me as a young man that this is how God wants me to be, not ashamed. And I'll tell you what, that's how I live today. And one of the greatest joys that I have is sharing the testimony of Jesus Christ to people. You want to make my day? Let me tell you about Jesus. That absolutely makes my day. That's what I live for. And I'm going to tell you, friends, I'm going to tell you what. It's good to die to the shyness and to do what God's will, because you will enjoy sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, in my experience, um, for me personally, for my personal experience, shyness was, for me, a part of my life. And it was, it was derived out of fear of rejection and fear of ridicule. Because I had a, I have a stutter, and you can tell uh, a lot of times I do stutter, and 
I, I, I've worked past a lot of that, but my shyness was derived from fear of rejection and fear of ridicule. And I think when someone, someone can, can love the Lord, can do what uh, God wants them to do. But when it comes to the point of sharing the gospel, some people say, well, I'm just not a people person. I just don't have what it takes to talk to people. I think a lot of people have that, that as a component, the fear of rejection and the fear of ridicule. And, and if we can grow beyond that, we need to, as, as believers, you know, we're, we should always be growing. We should never be satisfied with where we are, but we should always be growing. And if we could ask God to help us to grow beyond the shyness, because I used to be so shy that I would literally shake the, the, the podium in, in, in school. I, I gave a, I gave a oral report and I hated oral reports in high school. And I, I was standing in front of the music stand. We had a music stand in our, in our English class. And I was holding on to it so, so fervently and so hard that the music stand went forward flat and almost, almost went down to where I almost went over it. And it was one of those things because I was so shy and so scared. And that's what a lot of people deal with. And, and, and you read so, so eloquently the, the second part of the scripture that is the, it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the, to the Jew and then also for the Greek. The power of God, if you, if you talk about the power of God, which a lot of churches uh, don't talk about the power of God and what the power of God can do, but the power of God is within the presence of God. And the presence of God is within the power of God. It's kind of a it's kind of a melding of the two things. And within that is liberty and freedom. The Bible says within the presence of within the presence of God is liberty and freedom. And if you have that liberty and freedom, then you don't fear the ridicule. You don't fear the 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 uh, the, the point of being rejected. You you have the power of God because the freedom to to have that be free from all of that fear and rejection gives you the opportunity to share the gospel with someone who needs to hear it. So that was my experience. Well, I, for me, sharing the gospel is the overflow of the love of God that he's put in me. And that's from, because he's taken me from that miry, pulled me out of that miry pit, pulled me out of that self-made hell that I had built for myself and struggled with for years and years and uh, pulled me out of that and gave me a new life. And, you know, it, it's exciting to me. Um, and when I see people that's struggling with the same struggles that I had, I just want to share it. I want them to know what God did for me through a relationship with Jesus Christ. First um, Corinthians one twenty seven says that, or 124 says that, uh, Christ is the power of God. And, uh, you know, I know that now. I know that for real because when Christ took hold of me, he changed my inner man. He strengthened my inner man through the, through the spirit and made me into a new person. It wasn't that I had to conform to anything externally. He took me and he gave me a new heart and he put his spirit in me and he changed me. And I want to share, I always want to share that with people. And show them, this is the power of God, Jesus Christ. He will change you. And that's the gospel. One of the things that I always, I encourage people to do this. And I, I encourage people to be very candid with their spiritual walk. 
and to be very open and transparent to a degree. Uh, a lot of people that watch my stuff that I do on YouTube and, and Facebook understand and know that I deal with anxiety and depression from time to time. I share those things and I'm candid about those things because it's important to, for me anyway, to convey that even though I have these struggles, the power of God can and does help me to overcome these issues and helps me to do, because there are people that, that listen to this podcast and radio show and, and listen to other things that go on that put out that have the same kind of struggles as, as we all do. And, and I believe people need to see Christians and believers who, yes, they are quote unquote flawed, but the, the power of God is evident in their life. I think, I think it's important for people to see that. That's why, and I think it was the very first um, show we did together. We talked about what would we say to someone and how would we convey to someone who has trouble with suicide? What would you say to them? Because you've gone through that or I've gone through that. What would you say to them? You're drawing from the power of God that has brought you beyond it to share with someone else that same experience. The power of God would bring them beyond it as well. It's it's so important, I think, to, to not be up here with our Christian walk and say, well, if you don't have enough faith, then you're going to have this problem. Or if you had enough faith, you would... I think we need to be, we need to be, uh, have enough of our scars showing that, that we can say, you see this here, you see that there, God brought me through it. And it wasn't because I did it myself. I didn't pull myself up by my bootstraps. I didn't, you know, I didn't, but it was the power of God that brought me through it. And, and that I think speaks volumes to more people than, than some, than, than being a lofty person who, doesn't share their struggles. Well, I will say this too. Um, we need the power of God. That's, see, that's what Paul says here. The When he says that it's the power of God unto salvation, that's why he's not ashamed of it. It's something that God's doing in his life. God's moving in his life. That's just basically what you two said there. Let me share something here that I think is important because see, if it's not with the, if he didn't experience the power, he has nothing to say or nothing to be, to, to brag of. I wouldn't say brag about, nothing to tell anyone to be ashamed of, but he experienced the power of God in his life. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he was able to, to not be ashamed of Jesus Christ. See, that's, that's what I found in my life. It's, it's by walking with God and strengthening the Lord. And, and, and what I mean is it comes to the point that Christ is so real in your life and the power of God is so real in your life. You don't care what other people think. And you know what that does? It knocks off the shyness and you don't care if they laugh at you. You don't care if they make fun of you. No problem. Because I know Jesus and Jesus is in my life. And see, that's what I'm saying. There are some people I've always, when I was growing up, I always loved, I always wish I was the extrovert. I've always wished the one that I could just shake off anything and have be no problem. But that was not my life. But can I tell you something? That doesn't give excuse to introverted people to not share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me give you an illustration. Paul was the spiritual father to Timothy. And he calls him my son in the faith. Paul loved Timothy and Paul was used by Timothy greatly. If you look in the epistles of Timothy, when he's writing to Timothy, he's sending a young man to pastor uh, churches and do some correction and teaching. 
But Timothy is a very sensitive person. You can see from the writings that Paul's writing to him. And But this is a part. There comes to the part in 2 Timothy where Paul had given him a commission and what I want you to do. And I want you to do this in these churches. But Timothy wasn't doing it. And we find out in 1 to 2 Timothy chapter 1 that this is what Paul writes to them. He, for, for this reason, verse number 6, uh, I remind you. Why do you have to remind him? Because he's not doing it. He says, I remind you to fan the flame, the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. I'm sorry, let me read that again. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. Timothy was not uh, this forceful person. But the Bible says here that Paul says, fan into flame the gift of God. Do you know what that means? Use the gift. Use the power of the Holy Spirit. Take that step and to be able to speak. Take that step and do the ministry that God has called you to do. So in other words, Timothy, don't be afraid because God has not given you a spirit of timidity. He hasn't made you afraid. God has given you a spirit of power. And guess how else we do the ministry? With love and self-discipline. Push yourself forward. And this is later on. He says to the Paul later in that very book, he said, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage. And with great patience and careful instruction. Paul, so in other words, because Timothy was intimidated and timid, he doesn't say, hey, back away from it. It doesn't really matter. You know what he says? God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of faith, love, and sound mind. And see, that's why when you're talking about, for it's the power of God unto salvation, the strength and the power comes from the Lord. But we have to fan the flame. We have to decide, will I be that testimony and share the gospel with Jesus? Well, I don't necessarily see that as Timothy not doing those things. Um, I, uh, you know, when I read this, you know, it's like me encouraging the people that I meet with uh, on a daily basis or a weekly basis, encouraging them to do the right things. I, I, I don't necessarily see that Timothy wasn't doing those things. Um, <clears throat> I... Because, you know, I remind people and I, I like it when people remind me and just, you know, encouragement. Let's encourage each other today as long as today is today. You know, let's encourage each other and push one another towards that goal. And um, I don't know that I, I see that Timothy wasn't doing those things. But, you know, I mean, he says encourage each other as long as today is today so that they're not being evil, unbelieving heart in you. And that's what the people I associate with. We're constantly encouraging one another. And I wouldn't want somebody to read an email or see a text or something and then say, well, Dave must not be doing that. I mean, well, I guess it doesn't really matter, but you know, um, I don't read that. I don't see that part. In it. I, I just see it as Paul, his ministry of encouragement, because that's the ministry you know, he, he's given me the minute he's given us all the ministry of reconciliation, reconciliation. And part of that is the ministry of encouragement where they can encourage each other and push each other and sharpen each other as we go along. And uh, I just I, I read that as that's what he's doing with Timothy. You know, he's he calls Timothy his son in the spirit, you know. 
Oh, I don't think Paul's up. I don't think he's mad at him already. What I'm saying, I think he's admonishing him too. Like you're saying, pushing him forward. I think in verse number eight of chapter one, of second Timothy one, verse eight, he said, so do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me, his prisoner, but join with me in his sufferings in the gospel by the power of God. I definitely, he's pushing him along and right. pushing him forward and uh and and to doing these things and 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 you know what it is it's a father mentoring a son right. and pushing him in the right direction and sometimes you know what we need i i personally think that there's times we need encouragement and then there's also sometimes we need a, a a strong push and um so with that there but but Dave, that's what I say. That's cool with what how you see it. I mean, there's nothing. I have no problem with that. You know, well, along that line. Well, one of the things that I've noticed as I've been reading through the through the New Testament, I'm I'm reading the the writings of Paul. We're preaching through them, and in our church, we're preaching through First and Second Timothy and Titus. But if you read all of Paul's letters, this fervency and this uh, urgency of his writing bears out through all of the letters. I mean, this this urgency of, of Romans saying he's not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. First and second Timothy, where or especially second Timothy where Timothy where he says, you know, I I urge you to to continue in the Lord and, and then join his sufferings and all the pushing people forward to a greater relationship with God. I think that's that was Paul's mission and that's what and in in if you boil all that down that's basically our mission, you know, our mission to other believers as leaders and as Christians to be that kind of person for someone else, to continue to, to spur them on to be something more than they are. And I think that's 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 the, the call of the Christian to be a witness first and then to push to to push on others to continue on and keep walking. And I think as a leader. As my myself as a pastor, Randy, you as a pastor, that is weighs heavy on the pastor to be the one who has to push the people on as we allow God through his writing of the word to push us on to keep going. And uh, you can see it all through Paul's writings, the 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 way he does that and the way he fervently uh, tells the book, the, the Romans to keep going. Uh, Galatians keep going, you know, and Philippians keep going. It's, 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 it's a common thread through all of his writings. And I think that is important for us as a believer and as Christians that we should be encouraging one another and spurring each other on to keep going as well. Well, well even, go ahead, Dave. Even, uh, you know, I'm not a pastor, but I, I, I just see that as part of the body of Christ is to mm -hmm. encourage each other and lift each yeah. other. And so I can't put it off on my pastor to, be the one to do that. I, I have to, you know, like I said, I'm excited about what God has done in my life and I want to share it. And I want people to experience the same power in my life that or the same power that I've experienced in my life. And, you know, in order to do that, I have to encourage them to press on, to press on because many times you know, I, I see people out there getting discouraged. I see people out there living in fear. I see people. I mean, I lived in that fear. I lived in that in that life that had no hope. And I want them to know, yes, there's hope. I'm a man standing here before you that suffers from bipolar disorder. I suffer from borderline personality disorder, PTSD. But, you know, God overcame that. 
He changed the inner man. Nothing Amen. external changed. My life didn't change. I mean, the external life didn't change. You know, it was the inner man that changed. And I now understand that it's God pressing me, conforming me to the image of his son. That's how I'm able to rejoice in my, you know, Amen. in my, you know, James 1, 2 talks about, you know, the considerate joy, pure joy, I think is the word. Consider pure joy when you're, yeah. when you're trying, when diverse trials it, and temptation. Yeah. Yeah, consider it pure joy. That's how, you know, I used to wonder, I, that baffled me. How do I, why would I consider trials pure joy? Well, now I understand. He's conforming me into the image of his son, you know? I mean, that's Romans eight twenty nine, And, you know, I understand that. And I can thank, I can truly thank him when I do that. And it changes my whole outlook on everything I ever go through. But it also enables me to share this with people because, mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I thought God hated me. I mean, I, those words came out of my mind. If there is a God, he hates me. You know, I can't tell you how many times I said that. And, and I mean, I told people that when they would talk to me about God. And, you know, but I, now I understand, you know, God loves us and he desires all men to come to know him. Yes, I will incur the wrath of God if I don't accept the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I will incur that wrath. And that's what we got to understand. Yes, he's a loving God, but he wants us to become his children. Mm -hmm. When we become his children, he has a special love for us. And he's going to save us from that wrath. And, and that's the idea. That's what sharing the gospel is. You know, I don't want any, I don't want anybody to suffer that wrath. I mean, I don't care who it is. I mean, he, that's the love. That's the love that God has put in my heart today. And, you know, it didn't happen overnight. It, it, there were things that, you know, that I had to deal with in my life and things. But as I dealt with these things, and I mean, I say I dealt with them. God pointed them out to me. You know, he, he began to reveal this to me. I began to ask him for wisdom and he began to show me the causes of things and to deal with the root. And I began to ask him, God, you know, be the satisfaction be my fulfillment. And as those things happened, I began to understand, I don't need to get my fulfillment from man. I don't need to hold the, on to this bitterness that's controlled my life for 45 years. And, you know, and I begin to let go of those things and I begin to let God change me on the mm -hmm. inside. Mm -hmm. And as I changed on the inside, the things that I did changed. And people began to say, wow, you're not a bad guy, Dave. You know, we used to run from you. We used to not want to be around you, but you're okay now. It's Jesus living in you, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. And, uh, uh, we're going to go, we're going to switch gears in just a second, go on just a little bit farther. But before that, I wanted to say something. And uh, Dave, I'm going to throw you a softball. Maybe Josh, I'll throw you a softball uh, for you to knock it out of the park, you know. But uh, let me ask, let me just say this. First of all, um, the Bible says here that God's not given us spirit of fear, but faith, love, and sound mind. And uh, he's not given us where we're afraid of, of, of testifying. He's not afraid of, of following after Jesus. You know, he's given us his Holy Spirit. Now, we're Pentecostal ministers uh, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And what did Jesus say in Acts chapter 1? You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. 
one of the things I believe, I believe one of the, the signs of, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit enabled. I truly believe a person walking the anointing of the Lord, their tongue is going to be free for them not only to uh, speak mm -hmm. in other language as the Spirit enables, but their tongue is going to be free for them to tell people about Jesus Christ. Well, and that's exactly the make that in their life and this is what i think i think in part of we have a seed of the word of god and mm -hmm. i'm telling you what if you really want to grow spiritually if you really want to to have the holy spirit's anointing if you really if i'm safe you're pentecostal you really want to be pentecostal mm -hmm. share the gospel of jesus christ plant mm -hmm. that seed in the people and spread that out be the testimony of jesus christ and i promise you i promise you you will find joy in sharing the gospel even when people think you're nuts you're gonna walk away thinking man that was an awesome conversation you know <laughs> you know what i'm talking well, about well, even that's... when they think you're crazy they tell you that you're an idiot you're gonna say that was an awesome conversation why because you testified about the living son of God who is abiding inside of you. That's what I'm telling you. That's what I'm saying. The Lord does his powerful work. And uh, Josh, if I can, can go, let me ask you this softball question. Let me ask this. I'll kick it to both of you. This is what Paul says. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. What do you think he means when he says for the salvation of everyone who believes? Dave, I'm kicking it to you first. <laughs> Um, the power of salvation, he pulled me out of that miry pit. You know, he rescued me. Let me tell you, I lived in Alaska. I lived in Anchorage, Alaska for eight years. They have the second highest tides in the world. And and the, the bay is fed by all the rivers that are glacial fed. And you have this fine silt that collects on there. And... The tidal flats you can't go out there on because you get stuck in them. If you if I walk out there and I stop for more than a second or so, I begin to sink in. And if I stop for four or five seconds, I've got to get something to get some air down in there in order to release my feet. And every three or four years, somebody goes out there and gets stuck out there. And then these 20-foot tides come in and cover them up and they drown because they're stuck in that. That's the miry clay that I was stuck in. I was stuck in death. And God came along and he changed me in the inner man. This is, you know, the gospel, Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. He changed me. He changed my inner man. I just, you know, the, and it's the power of salvation. He pulled me out of there and he, he gave me a relationship with God. He restored he restored me to a right relationship. He tore down the wall, the enmity that stands between me and God, the sin. He overcame that through his body on the cross. And, you know, the only righteousness that counts before God is his righteousness. And the only way I can get that righteousness is through Jesus Christ. And when suicide comes, the suicidal comes against me when the, the rage from the borderline personality come when the depression from the bipolar disorder comes I have to turn to God because it's not in me it's not in me to to, to overcome those but greater is he that is in the world I mean greater or you know he's overcome exactly. greater is he than he that is in the world and he overcame that for me 
and he gives me that ability. So I turn to him, you know, and I got to make something real clear here. It didn't happen overnight. Christ took hold of me five, five and a half years ago, almost, almost six years ago, coming up in June, July. And, you know, it's been three years since I had a suicidal thought. So they didn't just disappear right away. You know, but as Christ did the work in me, those begin to go away less and less and less. As a matter of fact, I can remember my last suicidal thought that I sat there. And it wasn't that strong, but it was there. And I was thinking about it. And, you know, but God had been working on me and I've learned to turn to God. And I can remember, um, you know, sitting there and thinking, wow, you know, I guess I can, I, I can take my own life or I can turn to God and let him to have control because he, see, once again, this is what I was talking about earlier. He had begun to teach me that he's conforming me to the image. So, you know what? It's not that bad of a thing. It's a pretty good thing when he's conforming me to the image. And I begin to take comfort in that. Wow. He's not trying to destroy me. He's conforming me to the image of his son. He's changing me in my inner man. You know, and, and when I when I begin to understand that, it just kind of lifted. That was that last. I mean, that's the last time I had a suicidal thought. Think about this here, Dave. And Josh, I'm going to kick this to you in just a second. So get ready on verse number 17. For in the gospel of righteousness from God is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from, from the first to last. And, and what I think about this, uh, when we think about righteousness, we think of God forgiving us of our sins. And this is true. We have sinned against God. We have sinned against ourselves. We've sinned against everybody. You know what I mean? We have sinned. And God forgives us of the sins. He releases us, throws us from the, the, the east is to the west, from the deepest seas. It's, it's been forgiven. It's been covered up by the blood of Jesus Christ uh, that he did on Calvary's cross. But not only that, righteousness isn't just about uh, forgiveness of sins. Sin, sin destroys the character. It destroys the mind. It destroys the nature. It takes away the punch out of your life. It takes away the destructive way of thinking. It takes away the destructiveness of his heart. It, it takes away from the love of God. And, and I'm thinking in Romans chapter 2 and 3, he's going to be talking about the power of sin. But when Paul is saying here, a gospel of righteousness. Dave, what you're describing is more than just a forgiveness of sin. It's a, a cleansing it's a power and a renewing of the mind. That righteous work that God wants to do. See, so many people just want to say, Jesus is my Savior. But when he becomes the Lord of your life, this is the thing. The Lordship transforms the man. The forgiveness of sin is the byproduct of salvation. Salvation is renewing us to be the God designed us to be the dwelling place his dwelling place here on earth. When Adam sinned, he corrupted that. And I was born into that corruption. And by Jesus Christ coming and living the life that he had, that God intended for Adam and for all men to live, Christ came, he had to come as a man because a man, only a man can accept the, can take the curse. So, he sent Christ who lived that perfect life. That's what qualified him to go to Calvary. Because had he not had the perfect life, 
Calvary's worthless because he doesn't have a pure lamb to sacrifice. The lamb of God, Jesus Christ, the lamb of God that saves us from our sin, Jesus Christ, he willfully, he came, he lived that perfect life, then he went and allowed himself to be hung on a tree. Cursed is a man who's hung on a tree. He accepted the curse of the law for me, for you, and anybody else out there that accepts the righteousness of God. He yeah. became that curse so that we can have the blessings. You know, because the law describes blessings and curses. The only one worthy of the blessing is Jesus Christ. We're the ones worthy of the curse. But he came and offered himself as a sacrifice so that we could inherit the blessings through faith. Faith, that's what he's talking about right there in, in 17. Through faith, we get those blessings. We, we're restored to the right relationship with God. We're put back into the right place so that we can become the dwelling place of God. We have to be clean. We have to, God cannot live in a sinful being. We have to be clean. So he comes and he cleans us, gives us a new heart, puts his spirit in us. And, you know, he can't put his spirit in us and he can't give us a new heart unless he cleans us. So he has to forgive us of our sins and purify us. Okay, let me, Josh, I'm going to kick this to you in just a second here. But let me just say something here when I was thinking about this. Um, Jesus Christ, was he mentally whole? Was he was his mind tormented or was Jesus Christ, uh, he, he was sinless. He was without sin. He had a pure and righteous mind. He had a whole mind. And, and what does the scripture say? And it gives us by the spirit, we get the mind of Christ. I'm telling you what, you are more healthy mentally and you are more healthy mentally when you follow after Jesus. Amen. He renews the mind and he changes the mind. That's what I'm saying. We're not just uh, uh, forgiven of our sins. It's a renewing of the mind. Guess what? Emotionally, would you think Jesus was emotionally scarred? No, Jesus was emotionally whole. Jesus had love. Jesus had so much love, he could love his enemies. Jesus had compassion on those on, on people. What I'm saying is Jesus had people that spit at him. Jesus, Jesus had people that, that hated him. And on the cross, this is what came out of him. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I'm going to tell you what, there was no hate and no bitterness in Jesus Christ at all. And yet he was a victim. 